and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a fresh-faced first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this is The, the story, story So Farscape. Farscape. The story So Farscape. Oh, yes, go. Is yes. uh, the hero, uh, America, all-American hero, John Crichton. The science jock. Science jock, yep. who is uh, like... For some reason, always in Australia, but uh, I guess it's because an Australian series and flying him back and forth through the U.S. was too much. But he is on a, um, yes. yeah. a on, on a living ship, a biomechanical ship, oh, with wow. his crewmates. Um, yes, uh, yes, Tentacles, also known as Dargo, uh, the wielder of the famous Keyblade, um, <laughs> yes, bad sword, that he- Do- Domina Rigel the Sixteenth, also known as Earbrows, who is uh, usually fl- he does a lot of floating around in this episode. I know. There's, yes, there's, there's a, a lot of tr- throne sled. Uh, uh, scenes that we yeah, see. Yeah, with a around. lot of convenient like foreground objects so you uh, don't actually see underneath the No, and al- al- always shot at a Dutch angle well from done. below and uh, you can, uh, yeah, you can't see the bottom of it. Her blueness is on. Yeah. She's not really a blue meanie, but you know. <laughs> no, she's fantastic. She is. She's, uh, yeah, the lapsed priestess. The, yes, the, although she the former pa- investments back on in uh, this episode. That's right. Yes. And um, who have we missed? Oh, of course, uh, the salacious Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Aaron. Aaron, yes. Aaron's son. son. And of course, new newcomer, uh, Chaney, Chaney, Chiani. Chiana. Chiana. Yeah, Chiana, yeah, newcomer, yes. new kid on the block. Yeah. yeah, who is a complete and total brat, as I've noticed so far. She's a brat. A little bit, yeah. She's a little bit. Come on. She is like looking out for number one all the time, unapologetically. Well, uh, that in common with uh, with Rigel. I'd say oh, we already like. Oh, we do. Yeah, and so uh, well, Shiana is like, you know. she's, uh, yes. So and the, of course, Moya and oh, Pilot. Well, who I, play started, a, I started with mentioning the the The, the, the biomechanoid, yeah, yes, the that's right. That's right. The pregnant biomechanoid, who, uh, which actually is an important yeah. uh, plot point of this series. It continues to uh, to come back. In this case, it's the uh, uh, it's the impetus for the for even the beginning of the show. But before they get there, Kay... You you did the story so farscape all on your own. Ah, I'm so <laughs> I'm so delighted with like you also did when we when we were watching it together. You did the little ah at the ah, end of the theme song. We've been doing that for ages. I know. So, but you you were like, do you consider yourself a proper scaper now? Like, are Ooh, you? Is that is that the proper term? Term scapers? Oh, uh, I I don't think that any of the other terms that we came up with really stuck. <laughs> no, I suppose not. Um, I, I, I know we're not scrapers and we're not fanscapers. <laughs> that's. Mm, <laughs> Manscapers, maybe, but that's a different story altogether. That's a different podcast. But yeah, like we're we're well into the first season now, and this yes. is and this is like, do well, you do you consider yourself a fan of the show? I by would now? say so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would definitely keep watching this if even if we weren't doing a podcast about it. So yes, I would definitely want to keep watching and see the rest of it. I am so excited to like. Okay, can you can you describe what what you what you like about the show so far? Ooh, um, escape. Sorry. Then, so I said so far, and the branding department oh, has informed escape. me. Therefore, I also yeah, you have yes, to say escape. Exactly. You're right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like I mean, the the, the, the visuals are gorgeous. Always. Mm. Uh, the story is, you know, they're they're ostensibly working on getting home and a little bit of the problem of the week uh, uh, story, yeah, but it's yeah. not uh, it's not too bad. There's still a there's still a good continuity in it all. Uh, and I don't know the characters and the and the, and the and the visuals is what what attracts me to it most. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been a lot of fun for me revisiting this after twenty some mm. years and coming back to uh, to see just how 
like the early early season, there's a lot of standalone episodes, mm-hmm. right? There's, it's a lot more episodic than I remember it being, but I have the benefit of like looking back over over four seasons, yeah, uh, and it it sort of blends together as one continuity in my mm. in my memory, and I sort of forget about the gaps and the and the episodic nature. But like they're so willing to have every episode be its own thing, like right. pick a genre, uh, 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 like Till the Blood Runs Clear, which we did uh, I think seven episodes ago. Yeah, that was a western. Straight true, up western. True, true. You got the you got the uh, a kick-ass electric guitar. You got the you got the swagger. It's about <laughs> western themes. Yeah. Um. Uh, and then this time we go for a Gonzo bananas like the uh, uh, sci-fi. Uh, it is. Con- it's, it's, yeah. It's, it, it takes in a place entirely on Moya, and yeah, there's a. Uh, it felt a little bit Star Trekian, I suppose. In like there's a. You uh, know. It's interesting that you say that. The germ of this of this episode, written by David Kemper, yeah. actually started as a proposed script for Star Trek. Oh, okay. For, which, uh, it was, for Next Generation? Next Generation, yeah. yeah. It kind of has that feel to it. It was it was a very different concept. Uh-huh. Uh, originally, it was going to be that they were going to, uh, uh, yeah, they were going to discover a derelict uh, 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 spacecraft with all this gunk on the inside and, yeah. oh, what could this be? And then the idea was that it's a, a life form like a, like a hermit crab oh. that just finds derelict spacecraft, was, inhabits them. And was looking for a new ship. And has outgrown it and ah, needs a new one. Yes, 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 yes. And now it's eyeing Moya as a uh, repl- upgrade, I suppose. So Although, vastly different concept yes. by now, but it went through several iterations. That's why it, uh, uh, I mean, this this episode could have happened at any point. Yes. Uh, uh, but it, it sort of got pushed back later in the season because it was so complex to uh, to conceptualize and and and. and pin down what it, what it wanted to be. But I think it was a great decision because this is, uh, I've said it many times, this is another really seminal episode because this mm-hmm. brings the crew together. Right, I was going to say that, yeah. It, it really has the crew working together as a crew. Yeah. Uh, facing, I suppose, not even an external threat. Uh, right. Yeah, it's, it's just dealing with there's no a, pro- villain. a problem there's- that, yeah, there isn't. Uh, just a problem that we've run into and we need to deal with it. Wow, we're getting really deep into the episode without yes. even having named it. We're talking today about episode uh, season one, episode 17, Through the Looking Glass, uh, written by David Kemper, who did a great job, directed by Ian Watson, who's back from uh, 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 the Western one that I just talked about. Yes. Uh, first aired Friday the 10th of September, 1999. Yes, in which a pregnant mother hold my beer moment causes an inattentive Jerry Springer family to puke and laugh until they learn to count. One mippy-pippy, two mippy-pippy, three. <laughs> yeah, thanks again to Twitter for helping. Helping put together these utterly incomprehensible yet 100% factually accurate synopses. No, very true. It's uh, I understand it now much better than when I uh, read it last week in let's preparation see, for this week, upcoming week. Let's see if we can keep that uh, that going. Thanks again for uh, for all your help. And uh, as a cute little parallel, getting in today's uh, So Far Back machine, ah, yes. we also have a movie which uh, was released in 1999, and it also deals with different worlds, I suppose. Yeah, we really need a little jingle for the So Far Back machine, I think, we by do. now. But, so yes, ma- the movie I'm talking about is The Matrix, oh! uh, which was released in 1999, which is... Oh, that's interesting, which yes. Which is very, some very interesting parallels. In The Matrix, you have the real world and The Matrix, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also has a is cinematographically uh, shot in different colors. Yes, because originally the scenes shot in the Matrix were heavily, heavily green tinted. Mm. Now for the later um, uh, remasters, uh, once the rest of the trilogy came out, that was sort of toned down. Right, but it was still there. 
Oh, still, no, no, yeah, it's, it's definitely there. You have, it, you have it in the... Uh, but sometimes if you compare, like, the imagery of the original trailer, you go, whoa, that is super-duper green. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that I've kind of color that. wash... Oh, let's see what the other parallels are. Um, different... I mean, different costumes? No, not really. No. Different times of behavior. There is a different theme to each of the realities. Right, yes. Um, and one of them, like in the in the Matrix, it's on the one hand uh, uh, oppression and, and freedom. Yeah, and the other one is just drab real life, which was also well, oppression actually, the and reverse. freedom. Yeah. In, the, in the real world, everyone is free, but under constant threat. Yes, and in the Matrix, everybody is, well, still kind of miserable. Yeah, most of them don't know about it, and yeah. those that do have immense power. Yes, uh, uh, and 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 agency. Oh, I wonder if there are any other. I mean, the music is kind of cooler in the Matrix. I suppose. Yes. I guess. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to draw too many parallels. I should get in the spirit of the so far back machine because, like, 1999. What a year this was. We had uh, uh, oh, existence. We've already mm. talked about in a previous so far yes. back machine. Uh, uh, the Matrix, of course, is a seminal work of uh, certainly Art. for a lot of yeah. Yes, uh, by the Cohen sisters, I believe it's these days. Uh, the Wachowskis. Waka- oh, sorry, Wachowskis, not the Cones. Yeah, sorry, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm I am I'm confusing my uh, sibling pairs in. Movies. Yeah. Yes, the Wyskowski sisters now. Yes, yeah. and there have been many readings of The Matrix as a trans allegory, and holy hell, does that hold hold up? Yeah, there's uh, no, no mistaking that. Smith dead naming Neo. That's always the other one that jumps out, but there's so many more. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole current concept of uh, the character Switch was supposed to be a male in, uh, in one of the uh, two worlds right. and female in the other one. And they toned that down tremendously, but you can still kind of see it in the in the in the way they dress. Uh, yeah, they're an androgynous dressed yeah. uh, a character with uh, I think it's a female actor, but uh, spiky yeah. hair and a very tough attitude. Yep. Uh, what a what a fantastic film that was! Like it really it really opened a lot of people up to uh, uh, the concept of predestination, mm. uh, existentialism, uh, the the. Uh, the concept of an, an objective self versus the uh, the super ego. Wow, we're getting very deep into fl- in movie okay, philosophy well, you here. Know this, yes, you're right. You're How right, about you that can... we prepare for Starburst and <laughs> yeah. uh, get moving with uh, episode 117 through the looking glass? Can't wait. Prepare for Starburst. So, uh, scene opens with the uh, crew having a bountiful meal. That's the only, the only thing I can say about it. This is the first time I think we've seen them with actual loads and loads of food. Yeah, there's so much on the, on the table. It's such, a, it's such a varied spread here. Yep. Uh, and I think we discover over the course of the, uh, the episode that everyone's been cooking together. Yes, everyone's so been, been cooking a few things uh, that they're familiar with and uh, that they've been producing with the available foodstuffs. Which... How does that work? How can they... Okay, I mean, logistically. So yeah. they weren't all cooking together because no. they don't know what all the dishes are or who made what, and they... Right, but it looks like many of these are like bread-type things. You've got those little buns, and you've got the crackers, and you've got the other dishes with stuff. So right. it looks like it's not all of it uh, is hot. Probably most of it isn't hot, actually, from the way it's No, being fair eaten. point. You've got like a, a, a bowl of blue roe. You've got some uh, multicolored. They sort of look like tea eggs, I want to say. I suppose, yeah. Uh, cake-like things, the the, yep. the green and the brown ones. and uh, Yeah, yes. the green is pandan. It kind of looks like. Certainly. No, I know because, that's what, of course, yeah. Right, in the in the production, anytime that they needed space food, they would send a little runner over to the nearest Chinese supermarket yes. and pick anything that you can't identify and that isn't frozen. Yeah. <laughs> 
just make it look, make sure it looks weird. And yeah, no, totally. But you can see the, all all the things. Like the ultra pink is also a very uh, yeah. That's going to be a food dye. But you also you always see that in a lot of Asian foods, and especially in dessert foods, you see like bright pink oh, is yeah. a very popular I do color love there. That. Yeah. It's usually rose uh, rose flavored or something like that. Oh yeah, that's nice. Uh, but um, yeah, there's a lot of banter going on among the crew. Actually, no, sorry, the banter comes later. This is they're they're yeah, like, they're arguing. having a very serious conversation yeah. here. This is some of the best dialogue that I've that I've heard on on Farscape. Like David Kemper is a kick-ass writer. Each of these characters exhibits a, a, a very different point of view because they're discussing a, a crucial problem that they all share, which is that Moya's pregnancy has inhibited her from starbursting. You saw yes. that. Uh, two episodes ago in, uh, in Durka's return. Because of her child, Moira is unable to starburst for several more aunts at least. Mm-hmm. And if she's unable to starburst, then... What good is she? Are we... Yes. yes. Are, we, are we safe here? And both Jana and Dargo are saying we're going to get off at the next uh, Jana doesn't planet. even get a vote in it. It's, it's, oh, it's no, Dargo no. And, yeah. uh, and, and Zan. I must confess my consternation at agreeing with Dargo. But if Moira is no longer able to starburst, then we are all at risk. Mm. So it's really interesting how you've got different pairings that that share some viewpoint but not others. Like uh, uh, Dargo and Zan, they're the ones you're thinking of. They're both yeah. uh, trying to be cold and and objective. They're like Zan. We also know always know she's the logical one. Yes. Um, but she's coming at it. She's less principled about it than Dargo. Dargo and Aaron uh, both come at from a come at it from a place of principle because mm-hmm. when when John says that he's with Aaron, Aaron doesn't want to leave. John doesn't want to leave. Either we should yeah. stay together. We are stronger as the sum of our parts. And both Dargo and Aaron call him on this idea. Okay, but you're not being honest. Yeah. You don't want us to stay together. That is selfishness masquerading as reason. He's right, you know. We all want to leave the uncharted territories and return home, but you. Yes, you would be more content to stay. I want to get home as badly as anybody else, and this is where the wormholes are. Fine, so stay, but be honest about your motives, Crichton. Oh, I'm sorry, you're on their side now? You want to stay here where the wormholes are because you need us to be here yes. to go home. So don't pretend that it's, you know... Right. Uh, Just be, I, honest, I, be honest about your motives. Yeah, yes. which, which Zan doesn't really chide him on. It's something I've noticed. She, she generally doesn't, like, demand or expect honesty from other people, nor, no. in fact, does she give it. She gives empathy. Right, yes. Oh, you, got a, you have a good point there. I hadn't realized that. Uh, it... It didn't occur to me until I watched this this scene and, like, the, the listeners at home, just watch this scene again and you will, like, so much about who these characters are and how they relate to each other was beautifully laid bare in this in this dialogue. It's, it's, it's only a few minutes, but David Kemper did an incredible mm. job, certainly because it bookended at the end again. With- right, yes, and Chiana's trying to get a word in edgewise and nobody's letting her say anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do I get a vote? No. 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 No, there's a little That's bit the of... one thing that everyone seems to agree on. Yeah, she doesn't get a vote. She's clearly not accepted as a full crew member yet. Uh, no. I know I just got here, but can I please say something? Uh, I think that, well, instead, like, they, the, John asked Rigel for, for his vote because you've got Aaron and John, they want to stay. Uh, Zan and Dargo, they think it's more reasonable to leave. Yeah. And he asked Rigel, and Rigel has this fantastic speech uh, saying that Moya has been our protector, protector our home, our companion... And our friend. Amen. However, as relationships grow, they also change. So can we sell her? <laughs> yes. He tries to get rid trade trade her in for something faster, as I believe I what know. he says. <laughs> but you can totally imagine Rigel giving this same speech about like Aaron if she were in a coma right, or whatever. Totally, yep. Yeah, maybe we can sell her for parts. <laughs> <laughs> this gets him the uh, earns him the honor of being addressed as your lowness. Yes, I had that written down as well. 
Moira is not a possession, your lowness. If you ignore the messenger, which is effortless, the message is sound. Oh, this whole this whole scene is is so good. Like, if we could get a re- away with it for copyright reasons, we'd probably just paste the whole one here. Oh, but- that would be good, but I don't think that falls under fair use anymore at no, that point. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I did notice, uh, even before it became relevant to the story, that there was a little scuttlebot sitting on the shelf. Ah, uh, yeah. So I was wondering, well, what's that DRD doing literally sitting on a shelf? That's not particularly a place where you usually find one, since they're usually scuttling about the floor. Okay, now we've got to do this. You've heard of Elf on a Shelf, now, but what about... DRD on a... A TV? Um, Oh, or a scuttlebot? Can we do something with that? What about scuttlebot Scuttlebot on a... Scuttlebot on the trot? No. (laughs) Well... Uh, we'll leave that to our, our listeners at home. Please uh, please give us your best Elf on a Shelf version for a DRD. You can get at us at SoFarscape. <laughs> Meanwhile, like aside from having this, this recent discussion, they're also complaining about the food. Yes. They uh, don't seem to be enjoying it at all. None of them. Especially John's cooking seems to be <laughs> disregarded. <laughs> yeah, what is, what so- is this? That- Who made this shellac? Recipe called for chicken. All I had was space rodent. Oh. And then yes. everybody spits it. Out. Why is space rodent a problem? I don't know. I don't it's know. Like, maybe it's just a thing that they don't like. I mean, it's like maybe it's something the DRD swept off up from a, in a corner. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's also weird that it, it's Dargo who complains about it after he was the one who asked for extra. He goes, pass right. me that. Pass me those and don't help yourself. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> who, who did he say that to? I think it's... Oh, that's I a good it question. Was Chia, I thought it was Chiana, but I'm not entirely sure. Uh, looking at... But no, was, it's Aaron sitting next to him. Yeah, he was very, he was very greedy about it. Like, pass it that and don't help yourself, which is like kind of rude way to... Uh, I, I do kind of get it, because it all looks great. It does. It looks fantastic. I'm not sure if it would taste as, as so good, but, you know... And it's a lot of food for, for even five or six people. It is, so they must, have, they must have had some sort of windfall that food is suddenly not a problem anymore. But anyway... Yeah, yeah, pilot, okay. Pilot interjects. Excuse the intrusion, but Moyer and I would like a word about your deliberations. Uh, having noticed the conversation, especially with uh, yeah, the, the trend being towards maybe ditching Moyer. Uh, yeah. And he basically says, like, well, we, we really want you guys to stay because we're happiest when we are serving people, when we are providing uh, yeah. care and transport for people. And your your presence is uh, is a comfort to, to us. us. And yes. Wow! Like we'd never looked at it from uh, uh, from Pilot's perspective, and certainly not Moya's. Uh, in a way, this is this has been mentioned before uh, that mm-hmm. there. Uh, I can't. I don't remember which episode it was, but there has been definitely a uh, a, a scene in which the, the same sentiment was expressed. But that they're saying, right? That, yeah, that's what we do. It's like we we are there to serve, and that's. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess it was in, in in the one where they ripped off. Uh, that's what uh, I was thinking. Uh, DNA uh, mad scientist. DNA mad scientist. Nine. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that came up at the time. That, that's Darko c- has indeed taken it for granted. He says, yeah. uh, a "Pilot is a servicer." Right. Exactly. Right, understanding that about his uh, his nature. Taking that for granted, and uh, I mean, it, even if though it is given willingly and freely, doesn't mean that you shouldn't appreciate it. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, and that seems to be a bit of Dargo's problem, because it's Gianna who's been who's been trying to like she's been asking to to speak this whole time and getting shot down. And the things she wanted to say is the DRDs have ears. No wonder you guys have been flying around in circles. 
everyone tries to reassure Pilot that they're that they're just having a conversation. We're just sharing ideas. Right. We're just this is the marketplace of ideas. But Pilot's having none of it and wishes to prove the uh, worth of himself and Moya by. Uh, actually, Moya wants to do it, I believe. Yes, uh, by, it's Moya's idea. By uh, starbursting, even though she hasn't uh, recharged in, uh, sufficiently, apparently, to Yeah, uh, she needed another 50 so. arms. Yes. Um, but she uh, she wants to prove that in case of emergency, and he even says it from, from Moya's own perspective, like Moya agrees with you. She shares your concerns about being recaptured and wishes to prove to you all that she is capable. And so she yes. wants to demonstrate it. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Moya and Pilot, as a, as a sort of team, mm-hmm. uh, are trying to, I guess, ingratiate themselves or... Uh, yes, yeah. I, I would consider this to be an, an insecurity, but yeah. that, they, uh, that they're trying to... Uh, to overcome. To overcome, yes. And that's... Uh, I mean, clearly, they're, they're providing transport, they're providing home safety, everything. It's like they have very little that they can complain about uh, that they're not yeah. doing. So. This seems like, like I said, this, it feels like a bit of an insecurity on their side that they're... Uh, I wonder if maybe Moya is just worried about getting saddled with only John. <laughs> oh, that could be. No, yeah. hold on, hold on, wait. Pi- imagine that you're Pilot. Imagine that you're Moya. Yeah. Which of the Moyans would you least like to have as your only guest, as your only passenger? Rigel. Rigel is the easiest. Yes. He's, also, he's also tiny. Yeah, that's true. And on the other hand, John would be happy to just go around and look for star charts, I suppose. You have uh, star charts. Oh, yeah, uh, like that's been yeah. such a priority. <laughs> he does like wormholes. He does like uh, all sorts of dangerous stuff. He, he does, yes. Uh, true. <laughs> so that, uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess more that would leave Moya with the problems, like what you're going to do if he does find an active wormhole. Is she going to go through and like suddenly end up on Earth? That would be a bit of a... Be a bit of an adventure. Yeah, that's for sure. But no other Leviathans there. So, I mean, she'll... You know, that's why it's a bit of a shame because last week we dealt with uh, the potential of John returning home in Mm. uh, a human reaction. Yes. But there were a lot of perspectives that we didn't get to see. We didn't get to see uh, Zan's perspective on it, nor Pilot. We didn't get a a, a closing uh, button. Like, would Pilot and Moya have wanted to go to Earth? It's, It's far from Peacekeeper territory. Yeah. Right? They'd be safe, yeah. relatively speaking. It seems to, to, to mesh with Pilot's thing of wanting to see the universe. Yeah. So I suppose that he wouldn't mind. Uh, as for Moya, I don't know what how she feels about like being around an area where there's probably not that many Leviathans. On the other hand, if she is there at Earth, she might know how to get back. You know, when, oh, yeah. When, once Moya gets, arrives at Earth, she might be able to, like, oh, oh yeah, I can, like... Here we are. ...extrapolate the star, uh, star positions and know which way we're supposed to be going. Oh well, a shame that that uh, that that didn't come up. Gosh, we're we're delving into writing an entirely different first season. I, thought, I, th- I think I should have been in the writing team of this uh, series. Well, this wouldn't be much of a podcast then, would it? No, true, true. Would you be would very, be explaining it to it me. It would be a very different podcast. Yes, and this all this happens before the credits. This is uh, like yeah, we are like how long into this episode already? It was like plus thirty. Well, we've and- been en- I've been enjoying your company, <laughs> unlike everybody at this table. So, yeah, Starburst is initiated. Uh, uh, everybody continues to try to, uh, uh, to try to eat. Moya zaps off, and we go to the uh, we go to the credits. Yeah. After uh, there's a there's big a- explosion. Yeah, yeah, there's a big explosion. Everybody has horrible Starburst experiences because apparently it's not a very pleasant place to go through. I mean, Rigel being the most one, uh, the, always the most vocal about hating Starburst. I hate Starburst. Nobody he seems continues to, to eat. Really enjoy this. Yeah, I noticed that as well. It's like he doesn't seem to be particularly affected by it. Now, this really is incredible. 
My favourite on the table. What? <laughs> Smoked prongus in you. It's quite easy to make, really. Before everything explodes and they get uh, they get knocked all over the place. We go to the credits and come back to find our heroes uh, picking themselves off the floor uh, while looking out the windows at something that they haven't seen outside those windows before instead of a nice black star field or even the blue screensaver that a, I like so much. This is just a big white light. It's right. blazing white. Yep. Uh, they've got no communication with, uh, 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 with Pilot. Um, I've got to say, everything looked really weird bathed in this, uh, in this white light. It was, it was really overlit. It mm-hmm. sort of looked, I mean, honestly, a little fake. Right, it looked right. like a like a like a set. It is a bit of the point. I mean, yeah, all the but that's all, the whole the highlights. Uh, yeah, every, everything gets high lit and uh, stark construction type lighting. But, yes, yes, exactly. Like it's never very flattering. Bright direct light is no, not uh, is not flattering, not. even on a beauty like Moya. But yeah, all the food is strewn about. Uh, the ship is in disarray. Uh, Dargo starts uh, shouting orders, runs out into the corridor, and disappears in a flash of red light. Oh, shouting orders is a mean thing to say. He, like, he divides up the tasks, True. assigns them to everyone, and everyone is, like, down with it. Yeah. I'll check command. You look after pilot. And you, you do damage assessment. I'm going to command. You go to pilot. You find this. Oh, yeah, uh, you find they, the BRD. Because for some reason they can't contact pilot here, which I didn't quite get. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pilot is not appearing in the uh, in the in, uh. a, in a hollow uh, clamshell. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we need to get to command. See what's happening there. We need to get the pilot's then to see if he's okay. Uh, we need to do some uh, uh, check for damage. Uh, but uh, oh, because, instead, because Dargo disappears in a flash of red light. Yeah. Erin. Uh, Takes over, over uh, sh- uh, yeah, saying, wh- where do you want to go? Do you want to go to pilot or do you want to go to command? Uh, and then does exactly the same thing, except she disappears in a flash of blue light. Blue. Pilot or command? Command. You fix her arm and then straight to command. We're, uh, uh, we're left pl- pretty confused now. Uh, John is, uh, is wandering about. Um, bereft of the two people who seem to have a, a plan, he uh, runs up to command where he sees out the front portal just more white. Yeah, and apparently in command he can talk to pilot, so it must be a local clamshell problem or something. Clamshell malfunction. Yes. He operates all the giant Ouija boards and uh, uh, is unable to make sense of anything, nor is pilot. Yeah, Nothing they're, that they're, the, the readings that they're observing. Makes sense. Pilot can't contact the DRDs. The DRDs are apparently offline or... Yeah. We don't really see another DRD the rest of the episode, I noticed. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, there's There are no DRDs anywhere in the rest of the episode. Oh, there was one more job, which was uh, taking care of Zan. Zan's been injured. Oh, yeah. She she tore a tendon or, or a fiber, as she, as she calls it. It's my arm. The fibers are torn. And uh, there's a bit of her and uh, uh, Chiana... Yeah. Uh, Bickering about Chiana, just trying to like, oh, I'm just going to go and leave. Uh, going to take a shot, uh, take one of the transport modules, and I'm out of here. Bye. I know how to fly a transport pod, and I'm getting off this ship. Looking out for number one, being a total little brat yeah, again. Well, yes, but, but, but immediately after the explosion, immediately after uh, uh, Zan uh, uh, stood up, it was Chiana that was helping her uh, stand back up again. And, and and Zan reassured her, no, don't worry, I'll be fine once yeah, I once, once I the heal. the fibers knit uh, regenerate or whatever she calls it. Chiana 
Diana's often described as mercurial because yeah. yes, like once everything's settled, once she's got her bearings, she actually kind of wants off the ship. She yeah. takes a plan- transport pod, which she knows how to uh, how to pilot uh, and fly away. But in a moment of crisis, she does actually care about the people that are around her. That is her first instinct. True. Strangely enough, briefly, uh, briefly as though it may last, much like a cat. Uh, yeah, I suppose, you know, yeah. That makes sense. She's uh, uh, she's flighty. But yeah, John informs her that uh, uh, the pilot can't open the outer, outer doors and therefore good luck flying the transport around in the cargo hold. Yep. But uh, you're stuck here with us, uh, <laughs> Melede. Uh, and tells her to calm down, like trust us. Yep. Pilot's on the job. Like an incredible amount of confidence that he's uh, he's trying to project. And once again, Crichton understands where, where Chiana's coming from, that her... Uh, her, her desire to leave is not as reasonable as she's she's presenting it. She's actually scared. Yeah, she's panicking basically. And he wants her to to understand that he gets it, and he he want, he's trying to reassure her. Then there's a a lot of running through corridors, which I noticed. There's like this this entire episode yes. is running through corridors. I and think it's because like Ian Watson directed this one, and the last one that he did was uh, Till the Blood Runs Clear, which yeah. didn't take place on uh, on Moya barely at all. Mm-hmm. So he just had a great time running around. Oh, finally, it's all on this great spaceship that I haven't been on before. <laughs> I get to shoot it in so many colors and so many Right, angles. and it's, uh, but yeah, there's uh, it felt almost like filler material. That there's like I I understand that they're trying to create a, a certain atmosphere, but yep. there is like literally minutes of just walking around corridors and stumbling around and looking, and it it, you know, it, it, it yeah. does purvey a sense of distress and uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and cinematographically speaking, it's it's all shot beautiful. It's gorgeous, but it's yep. it doesn't advance the plot very uh, very fast. And actually, if you think about it, the entire story of this episode is only like three sentences. It's well, a, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think that's entirely that's entirely fair to say uh, because that was also my memory of this episode in thinking back on it. Thinking back on it before I remembered the dinner scenes, no, yeah. I didn't remember it being very uh, very significant because you know, in 1999, I was a very different khaki. I didn't I didn't appreciate things the way uh, that I do now, and I remembered it mostly as yeah, a lot of running around, uh, finding narrative dead ends till they uh, duck into the right narrative corridor that happens to actually <laughs> uh, uh, resolve the plot. Um, but, okay, so when I, when I was asking about, uh, when I asked on Twitter uh, to help name this, this episode, some people who, who responded said that this was their absolute favorite episode. Oh? Uh, and I can, I can sort of understand why. Okay, so, yeah, there's a lot of running around. It feels more Star Trek-y than that, where certainly in Star Trek The Next Generation, yeah. there's a lot of this, yeah, running around and uh, uh, bumping into narrative dead ends until you get to uh, uh, unlock, the, unlock the plot. But in the meantime, these characters are being moved forward a lot. We yeah. see so much of Moya. And yes, this could be 10 minutes shorter. Um, but it also feels like I, I wouldn't want an extra subplot, right? There is enough. Oh, no, totally, yeah. There's exactly enough for everyone to do well, yeah, except it, for Zan. It, yeah, but it, it really couldn't mm. use a B plot. No, it's like it makes no sense to throw that in here. This is all about the current crisis and trying to resolve it. And, yep. you know, having someone else stuck in a shuttle outside Moya, it doesn't really. You know. <laughs> oh, God, we left that in parallel. Yeah. Uh, no, and also, you know, it's not bad seeing Ben Browder uh, sprint and, true, uh, and true. lurch and duck and, okay, maybe not puke, which is what he's doing now that Quite he's arrived frequently, in. Yes. in uh, the red light district. Oh, yeah. See, he finally stumbles into one of the weird flashy light zone things, uh, and yeah. he arrives in the red Moya. 
which is like all shot in double vision and uh, bright red lights. And there's uh, a great shot where he uh, he opens his eyes and the and the camera zooms in on his eye to suggest that this light is is just accosting him and hurting him and making him sick. Uh, yeah, the double vision is a is a is a great way that it's it's visualized. I don't know whether they filmed the same sequence twice and then overlaid those over yeah. each other, or whether they filmed it once and then like overlaid each other with like a, a one second delay. It doesn't look like a time shift. I think they were like filmed twice. I think they were just used from uh, they just threw different takes yeah. from the same shot uh, together to get the uh, to get this effect. Oh, that must have been well rehearsed then. I would suppose so. Um, or they may, maybe they just did a lot of takes. Uh, <laughs> So because, oh, yeah, the, something we didn't uh, touch on is, like, apparently Pilot gets the DRDs back under uh, control, and he can tell, like, okay, Dargo is yes. uh, over there, is in the on, galley, and, and uh, Aaron is somewhere else, and they, they go looking for them, and they don't find them there. And the DRDs can detect them, but they can't yeah. see each other. And it's not until uh, John uh, moves into the Red Universe that uh, he actually finds Dargo, who seems oh, to be... Oh, he doesn't find Dargo. Dargo finds him, oh, but true, is unable yeah. to catch his attention. I saw you earlier on. What the hell's matter happened to you? Because uh, John is wearing that terrible turban. <laughs> yes. He's, he's taken his other grey T-shirt I, and wrapped think, it around his I eyes. Think, yeah, I think it's like he, he pulls it up and down as a, uh, uh, as a blindfold for himself to shield himself from the red light, which is apparently painful. And so uh, uh, Crichton uh, lurches back to the command where, again, he can't find anyone, but he does hear a weird noise. Yes. And, and you, what do you do when you hear a weird noise? You look you... up at it. <laughs> Climb on a table, in this case, and you yes. do some pull-ups. Yeah, so you, I think he jumps up, and this sucks him into the blue universe. Which is loud. Yes, apparently it's very noisy there. Uh, just a reassurance to uh, the listeners at home, we will not be using any sound effects from the Blue World. This is also <laughs> no. an editing note to, to future Kaki. <laughs> Do not use that. Yes. so I, it's I, terrible. It's piercing and it's shrill. And, oh. Yeah, so at this point I was trying to start starting to think like, okay, like I hadn't really cottoned on to what exactly was going on in the Red Universe. I was just like, okay, ah. some, something is weird here. And I'm, I wasn't sure what, what was causing the... I wasn't sure if it was nausea or discomfort. or I, I, I hadn't noticed it was pain, pretty much. The blue one was sound. So then I'm starting to think, like, okay, so if like the blue one has loud sound, then what is the red one? And what, oh, what, and yeah. what else is going to happen? So at this point, I was trying to figure out what was... Uh, what was going on, and, 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 and that is when I noticed that there were no DRDs in the other worlds. Right, yes, 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 very good. What is that out there? I would labor to discover that once the DRDs re-establish internal tracking. But uh, yes, the blue one is very noisy, and um, it's quite a, f- a funny scene when he finally finds uh, Aaron, and they start, like, try to, like, you can almost <laughs> make out what they're saying, but they're shouting and gesturing at each other. And, and you can barely hear them. Aaron is mimicking uh, Dargo with the with the tentacles and the sword and everything like that. Okay, now uh, for the listeners at home, we're going to play charades <laughs> on a podcast. Yes. Let's let's see how well we do. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, my favorite is Crichton when he uh, starts talking about Rigel and he just basically yeah. holds his hands above like like like, like he's like holding he's do, a little flower doing pot a tai chi and he's bobbing around. <laughs> well, he's got his, his mouth sort of downturned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then he does the eye, the ear brows thing. And it's yeah. <laughs> well, handsome with a great sexual prowess. 
they figure it out pretty well. Oh yeah, they catch on to. Uh, they don't can't really communicate about what's going on, but they do clearly indicate that they're like going to be go looking for them. Yeah, yeah. Even when they split up, like Aaron says, "I'm going to go looking for," or "Let you and me let's go looking for Dargo and uh, and, and Rigel." Right. Well, first there's a little bit of confusion when um, Crichton takes her back to command to uh, find his pull-up bar, expecting that to work again. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, and she's like, "Okay, now is not the time." Yeah, yes, so- you've got big guns. Cool. <laughs> oh, just to be in the warm glow of all this testosterone. Cool. Like, what are you doing? It's like this makes no sense. Uh, on the way back, they're uh, they're briefly interrupted, or no, they they don't notice it at this point. But we see these sort of claw scratches right. through the air. Yes. They it's, look so cool. It's like the it's like the crack in reality that you had in Doctor Who in uh, the uh, what was that Cry Wolf? No, uh, uh, the Bad Wolf plotline. No, this was the Bad Wolf. That was the Tenant era. I know what you're thinking. Of. Yeah. You think about the Matt Smith era where there was the the, the crack that was separate from Bad Wolf. Oh, okay. I thought that was the, was, thought uh, the crack connected. in Amy Pond's bedroom. Right. Yes, that's the one. Hey, challenge me to a nerd off, will you? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, after uh, being in command, they decide to go check out Rigel's quarters because that's the one yeah. they're still missing. They haven't they haven't found Rigel yet. Aaron keeps a lookout in the in the hallway. Crichton goes inside. He sees the he sees the painting and he notices something. He's got his little memo recorder. Is in Rigel's right. quarters. Yes. Uh, Rigel's been nicking his stuff. Yes. Again, hasn't he? Yeah. What the hell are you doing? Your equipment may be worth something in trade. My equipment. It's mine. Are you a sound sleeper? <laughs> so he reaches for it, and his hand disappears, and it sucks his entire yeah. body through. There's a little bit back there. and forth as he experiments with it, but he quickly gets sucked through. Uh, he disappears. Uh, Aaron is kind of like, "Where did he go?" Gets her gun out immediately, w- yep. waving it about. Uh, but it turns out that John is now in the yellow universe, which is. Basically a frat house. It's, it's a, it's, it's it's got a weed haze. It's crack. It's, it's like everybody's happy. Everybody is like laughing. It's like, I mean, it's Rigel like, it's especially. A, it's the nitrous oxide universe, I suppose. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, don't do drugs, kids, because <laughs> they're too awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 Rigel seems to be enjoying it a great deal. He's uh, laughing his ass off, basically. He's telling bad jokes. Which With barely even great. Yes, they're not funny at all. They're not Nothing even jokes, really. Is, but <laughs> yeah. but uh, John gets uh, cackling along, and they. Uh, but he's he's the one who's trying to retain his composure. Shut up! Just shut up! No. Yeah, I mean, it, it begins with him just being relieved. Oh. Lights okay, sounds okay. No, oh, okay, no, no pain, no discomfort. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, this cool. Is like, okay, this, this is the nice place. Uh, uh, but it turns out to be a place where it's very hard to concentrate. Pretty soon, focus he's and do anything. Yes, laughing along to Rigel's non-jokes. Yep, uh, but still trying to actually grabs Rigel's mouth at some point to shut him up, uh, <laughs> yeah. ho- holding him still. <laughs> and you know, Ben did a really good job at, at doing this sort of. Frat boy, super high, barely keeping it together. Yeah, yeah trying to. Like, like he's, he, he's he, been there. You can tell him that yeah, he's like. Exactly. <laughs> it's just great, man. It's, I mean, it's just. It's great. 
I can relate to that a lot. Like when he's trying to like keep it together and be serious and go and do stuff, yeah. it's almost as if Crichton was aware that there was a camera there that he was trying yes. to perform with. It's like on those occasions, I don't know if anyone at, uh, listening to this has had this experience, but when you're super duper fucked up and then you're walking down the street and you see regular people passing them. And you go and like, I hope they don't see how fucked up I am. Yeah. I hope I don't do anything weird. <laughs> wow. Am I doing something weird right now? Am I walking right? Do I do left foot, left hand, right hand? Wow. Ah, centipede's lemma. <laughs> I don't need drugs. I've got true love. You don't need drugs if you've got true love. So, he uh, manages to keep it together well enough uh, to, to hear that sound again. Because oh, that's it, what it is. Because I was wondering what made him decide to climb into that uh, same tunnel. We, I mean, the same tunnel that they originally were in when they discovered that Moya was pregnant, when they were hunting for uh, yeah. now, uh, I peacekeeper noticed devices. Here, he, he opens the door and he ducks down. This tunnel seems to grow because at first Dargo could only like get his get his head in, yeah, yeah, and they had to send in Rigel, and then the next well, time he could he could shimmy in diff- with they his must sword. Have different one, diff- different type of conduits, <laughs> probably. Yes, I like to think that maybe Moya uh, is sort of accommodating Expanding, them and realizing uh, that oh, they want to go through the uh, ventilation shaft. Okay, I, well, I need to relax my veins a little bit. Better, yeah, yes. better increase the uh, the aperture. Because she probably does that a lot. She has, I, I guess, a lot of control, or maybe it's even uh, intuitive hmm. uh, that she can uh, alter the layout of her interior. I mean, the interior is just there for passengers. True, true. Although it's, it is pr- presumably also part of her biology, biological makeup. Right. But uh, yes, he goes, uh, gets, uh, gets on with a gleeful giggle, he gets on the slide and slips on down through another flashy hole. He's back in the white universe. The regular place, yes. The yeah. the, the, the multi-chromatic everything is Overexposed. Correct. Right. Uh, he makes his way onto the command where Chiana and Zahn are already conversing with uh, uh, with Pilot um, because Pilot has been s- sending them on a, on, a, on a merry chase through Moya. Throughout the ship trying to find where everybody else is. Yeah. And they're sort of bickering like you've given us false information. Yet again. The DRDs still show Officer Sun on Tier 2. Rigel outside the centre chamber Dargo in... Competent. You got it wrong, forearms. They're nowhere. Your inability to locate them does not negate the fact... That they are yes. there. <laughs> the, er- <laughs> yes. the, the mistake is with you. Uh, the imperfection it? is the yours. The imperfection yes. is yours. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Way to stand up for yourself, pilot. Right. But also turns out that he has not been giving them all the information that he had. Right. Because... Uh, turns out they're still in Starburst. Yeah. It's like Moya didn't have enough power to push through, and she pushed into Starburst, but not out of Starburst again. And they've- yeah. This is so cool. We learned so much about what, what Starburst is. It's uh, sort of coasting along the seam between space times. Yes. Tearing a rift to somewhere else and then just like drifting along until you get pushed out again at seemingly random. Yeah, so that makes you think. Do, do, does she have no control over where Starburst ends? You have only direction, and then you just like kind of guess like how far away you're gonna get. Yes, that seems to be it. Because in Jeremiah Crichton, when they Starburst away, mm-hmm. uh, they were able to eventually backtrack over the course of three months all the planets that were along the path. So right. you have a. You but, have what, a but, but what do they use to do that? The hedge drive? I mean, does Moya have, have a hedge drive as well? This is also how they've been uh, how they've been tracked down in the in the past. Yes. Even when they where they have a fairly random vector, they can still be found. Or no, no, they a, have a, a random dis- uh, distance. Yeah. What's not- it called? The other one. What's the other one from a vector? Scalar. So right. they have a they have a determined vector and yeah. they have an incur- but then they also uh, the vector was wrong and the it's exit little, vector yeah it's a bit weird it's like the the, the tech talk hasn't caught up sufficiently yet to be able to uh, no make I a choose good to believe otherwise I choose okay. to believe that the science that uh, that is involved is is 
different from from ours that our understanding of the universe uh, is inadequate uh, to to describe its true majesty, and that uh, you know whoever whoever built the, the Leviathans had a better idea. Fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, we see a lovely shot from the outside, which has like a Moya split into uh, three parts: uh, red, blue, and yellow. Oh, and a real Moya in the middle. So and you've got re- uh, yeah. yeah, you've got. Uh, now, this is something that only CGI can do. It's so beautiful. Oh, of course. Uh, because, yes, after, after Crichton describes what he's, uh, what he's got, and Pilot even asks for uh, more information, please. Which, yes. That is science talk. Uh, when, when John is trying to explain about multiple dimensions and stuff like that. And Pilot, he's doing a lot of science. Yeah, yeah. Holy and, shit. And Pilot manages to colorate... Uh, uh, and Pilot manages to correlate that to what he uh, understands about uh, how uh, Starburst works. Yeah, the mathematical hypothesis, dimensional schism. Right. And then, like, Zahn comes out with the zinger, like, hypothesis don't just materialize. And I'm like, no, that's exactly what hypotheses do. It's yeah. like, you know... <laughs> when they materialize, they turn out to have been facts. Or, yeah. not, or incorrect, but it's like, yeah. Um, so that, that was a bit of a weird, like, interjection from Zahn there. That made, didn't make a lot of sense. There's an even weirder interjection from Tiana, which is yeah. she recognizes this phenomenon. Yes. Apparently it destroyed her species' star system? One of their star systems, because yes. they seem to be a, a, oh, yeah, a, a colonial... Yeah, but what's weird is you have this this teenager, this thief, and she seems to know the ins and outs of, uh, like, essentially the... Uh, uh, oh, what's it called? The, the Phoenix... Philadelphia experiment. Philadelphia experiment, they, right, yes. Like... As if she that would be, real. as if she, as a citizen, would know about the Philadelphia experiment or whatever yeah. the equivalent is. True. Like, I mean, it, it did disappear a star system, so I guess it kind of led. There was probably an inquiry about it and like something published. And know. then they admitted that, oh yes, this was secret weapons research we were doing. Sometimes you can't, like, you know, that's what happened with Hiroshima. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like, okay. They, well, they kind of had to come out with it at that point. It's like, you know, what was this? Yeah, it's a new bomb. Uh, but that was okay in Hiroshima. That was kind of the point. Like right, it was no, an intimidation weapon. No, I'm, but I'm saying, like, imagine that like things had gone wrong at Trinity, and like the, a large part of the uh, Utah had gone missing. Oh dear. And, yeah, you know, they, they kind of had to explain something about it at some point. You know, they. Yeah, you can't say it. It's a it's a, it's a gas leak, or it's no, the, exactly. the, the the moonlight reflecting off of Venus. So yeah, there's that. Uh, so they know they're in uh, they're in trouble, and Pilot wants to go forward. They yes. need more thrust from all four Moyers, and so he teaches John this sequence of like on his on his on his giant boppet. Right. You've got to twist this, turn that, turn this until it's yellow, yeah. wait for that to go orange, then hop on one leg, bark like a dog, and pull, pull, do a the, pull the green thing. And I love that scene, actually. I thought it was really cool how uh, John was, like, interacting with Pilot and, yes. like, stepping th- between his arms and the console. And uh, that must He's been on the re- other side of the console. Yeah, that must, have been, that must have been a really fun scene to shoot. Uh, yeah, especially because he's also like he's relating to Pilot while he's while he's trying to study all this, and he says, "Well, I'll I'll, I'll try." No, but you really have to do it exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll still try. Yes, <laughs> uh, but he also like he he tells Pilot that Moya did not have to go into Starburst until she was ready. No. And Pilot is like, "Okay, now is not the time for recrimination." And he actually touches Pilot on the shoulder, yes. like that wasn't recrimination. No, and he doesn't say it, but that was an apology. Right, yes. Right, for, on, uh, on behalf of people who are not prone to apologizing, as we've seen before. Very true, very true. But man, how how nice it must be to... T- like, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Pilot. I would love to hang out with him and give him a hug if he's into that sort of thing. Like, he's, I don't he know doesn't for sure. seem He doesn't seem like the type, but he's... Yeah, I don't know. And he's just so big. He is, he is. He's like, he's like, his head is like three times the size of a human head, and it's not even counting the mushroom cap. 
What a what a challenge it must have been for the for the puppeteers, by the way, to maintain eye contact with John. But uh, I, I guess they're Muppeteers pup- and they know yeah, this. Yeah, that's like I mean, it's possible that the eyes were just controlled by uh, someone uh, using wire remote controls who was who could actually see what he was doing. Oh yeah, you know, you've, you've got people in there moving the arms and the body and doing other things, but but stuff like the face is often done with wire controls. Right, uh, true. You know, kind of like you know bike cables, brake cables, that kind of stuff. They use lots yeah, of that. yeah. You've got these like constructions things with their hands with like which each finger controls one of the wires and they can move them around and you can like they, 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 they a lot of they really cool gesturing around. that you're doing I'm on sorry, our audio yes. only podcast <laughs> no i'm really enjoying it because that's probably what it looked like there at times there would be six or seven people operating yeah. pilot uh, uh, doing his various hydraulics and arms and of course the console had to move as well right got all these panels we see a lot his- of yeah we see a lot of that coming up and down the uh, the console like things moving up and uh, yeah. down, getting pushed back down again. Uh, we can see a little bit more of that. It seems like a fairly clumsy console, but then again, he's got like these big pincer hands, so I guess it kind of has to be big to accommodate him. So they have a plan now. We're going to uh, we're going to turn on propulsion, um, but now... They get uh, some guns, because now they've seen the rifts being dragged through the air, like someone's claws are ripping reality apart, leaving golden trails. Yeah. These these scratches look so cool because they're scratches like through three D space, mm. right? That occasionally intersect with uh, 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 with bits of Moya's internal ribbing, leaving uh, gash- glowing gashes. Actually, yes, those uh, uh, those beautiful glowing gashes. Uh, so yeah, the, the Crichton finally gets a gun. Kung Fu never carried a gun. He grabs yes. a gun in response to a crisis, yeah. and so does Zana, and so does Chiana. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of surprised they trusted Chiana with a right? gun, but yeah, it's. Uh, Crichton goes and decides that he needs to go back to the other universes, but not until after he gets stalked by these glowing gashes, and we see this like view of uh, Crichton from the uh, yes. from the viewpoint of whatever is making these uh, reality gashes. <laughs> really long shot, so you've got this 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 liminal like haze of light around it, uh, and a really close up of of John while he's trying to look sort of disinterested because he need, he knows oh we need to fill about seven seconds before we go to credits. I don't know. It sounded look look a bit like a <laughs> job face. That's- I would say. This is a PG-13 podcast. Sorry. No <laughs> face, can't say that. Uh, don't make me... Uh, it looked like I his, have to edit this. His, his supr- okay. <laughs> his, yeah, no. Good. So we get a long uh, close-up of him and we see John's surprise face. I'm going to leave the face. original take in there. Oh. Don't worry about it. So we can, you can try and muffle it all you like. Everybody you, knows that you're one you, of those sex perverts. Oh, you're just going to put little uh, scuttlebutt beeps over the... That's uh, right. Uh, that's the one. Okay. So they know what to do. They're going to, they're going to split up. Um, yes. Zan is going to stay behind because she's got her broken arm and she's going to keep yeah. an eye out for the creature, I think. And he's taking uh, uh, Chiana with him, whom he calls Pip. You ready, Pip? Yes. Uh, Pip means... <laughs> My favorite traveling companion. Is, is that a reference to something? It, oh, Pip's, Pipsqueak? I mean, oh, I suppose. Crap. No, I was... I opened my mouth thinking that I remembered exactly what it was, and now I'm drawing a blank. I will get back to you on that one. Wow! Let's, just, let's go. Let's go with Pipsqueak for the time being, uh, uh, and takes her to the to the Red World, right? Uh, back into the uh, the maintenance bay, where hey, by the way, they're not very good about cleaning up their tools after no. they're done with. They, uh, they just leave them lying around. In, good, in, in all fairness, things were jostled around quite a bit uh, when uh, Starburst went wrong, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's like to their uh, credit. But yes, uh, John immediately goes back into uh, migraine mode. And uh, Chiana's just standing there going like, does this make you uncomfortable? It's doesn't, fine. Doesn't affect me. And she is like this is super smug and bratty about it. I thought you said this red light hurt your head. <laughs> it does. Well, not to me. 
<laughs> so cool. Like, just different biology, responds differently. She's fine yeah. with it. It doesn't affect her at all. But she is, like, super annoying about it. Like, And she keeps, like, she reminds everybody about it, like, every few <laughs> yeah. seconds. Yeah. They find Dargo, who has, like, dug out his airsoft mask, which he's wearing. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know. It like, kind of looks like one. What a relief it must have been for Anthony Simcoe that he didn't have to go in full makeup for this one. Oh, I can just wear a helmet? Hey. No, I'm pretty sure that he's still on, in full makeup under that because like, he's still got his like big nose sticking out from under that. Like, oh, that is true. Or what maybe a- over it. It's like, yeah, it's like it would probably only made it worse rather than easier because he takes it off as well. So, But yeah, does it help? And he goes like, barely. I only retch every once in a while now. They get accosted by the claw creature once again, but yes. now everyone's ready. Three, and two, sh- one. Yeah, shooting at it. We actually see the, uh, uh, Dargo shooting his keyblade. Yeah. It's, it uh, yeah. I mean, it's we abs- have seen it a few times, yeah. just not nearly as often as he swung no. it pointlessly or... Yeah, slow, uh, point, swung, slammed it into someone. Uh, John teaches uh, uh, Dargo the hokey-cokey. Yeah. Because Chiana, for some reason, decides that she is not going to be left alone here. Yes. Although she is perfectly comfortable here. She I'm will, not going to be left alone. Yeah, I will not be uh, that. And she's like yes, super bratty and like... <laughs> I thought this was great. I thought this was a great, like, a separation of this is not Star Trek, this is Farscape. Yeah. Pe- like, decisions are motivated not by logic, yes. but, by, but by people. And people are sometimes illogical. Yes, it would make the most sense for Chiana to go, oh, I seem to be the best suited. I will stay here and perform the necessary function, propel the plot. And she is like, nope. Nope, I do not want to, because I am pl- outski. Yeah, this is dangerous. There's, like, shit going on here. I don't... Oh, she does have and a weapon, she, but... Yeah. She'll, she'll help with some things and not with others. I thought it was... Brilliant. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, so, so Dargo okay. does the stoic uh, uh, self-sacrifice. Uh, I can, I, I've suffered through this so long, I can keep it up. Uh, oh, he has more suffering coming up, because oh. as uh, uh, Crichton is about to leave, he retches again, and Dargo's uh, like, like, no. Ah, not here. Go. Go. I do not want that here. No, nope, no, nope, yes, Aww. and he seems to be like particularly put out by uh, John throwing up. Even I mean, he has a very sensitive nose. I guess so. I mean, it's big enough. Well, you know, he could he could smell John from across a market. True, true, true. Uh, so yeah, he's stuck in there in the puke room, but he's not the the one who has the worst time of it. That's probably Chiana when she gets taken to the uh, to blue space. Yes, because this noise, she oh, boy, cannot handle she, it. No, she's. I mean, it even like physically gets makes her going all blurry and digitally. Uh, yeah, she sort of inverts there, which is weird for a gray person. Yeah, it's like it's 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 a, it's a weird, really weird effect that they use there when 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 she like literally goes uh, completely uh Yes, I know the effect from Photoshop as posterization where uh, things that are black are turned white, so the yeah. deepest shadows are actually inverted but the rest of the color stay the same. Right, yes. Uh Crichton realizes that okay, I can't do anything until I take care of her. So she just picks her up and carries her along and leaves her in her misery. Obviously, not she picks her up, but like I'll just like deca- let her be miserable while I'll carry her around. And uh, Oh, like, oh, yeah. But, yeah I he, mean, there's nothing he can do for no, her. No, but like, he correctly realizes that the only thing he can do is get her out of this uh, the blue universe as fast as he can. Goes to Rigel's quarters, explains to her, I'm going to throw you through somewhere, puts her up and, and lets her drop down. He does yep. not check whether the yellow universe is any worse for her. No, uh, because he goes off to find. Uh, yeah, find I mean, I, I guess he figures that like it can't be worse than this one. You know? Yeah, 
after dumping her through the hole, he goes find Aaron again, who has been doing tech things. God, she's just got to give up yes. on this on this whole class thing. She's she's a nerd. She's a she's a fixer. She, she's she, Adam Savage. She kind of still like hangs on to it. Like he, he he calls her out on it a little. Oh, you've been doing your homework. I see. And and, no, no, no. This is military tech. It's yeah. battle hard. It's like yeah. it's legit. <laughs> wow. But yeah, she's converted it to like I guess produce anti anti sound or something, and they can just like talk to each other normally now. Uh, he tells her that they need to uh, activate propulsion, and she says, okay, yeah, I've got it. Uh, and John goes, wait, 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 uh, do you know how to do that? Like, yes, obviously. Pilot was very specific. And then they go through the whole cokey coke together. Okay, you turn this, you do the blue thing, and like she knows it perfectly. And I love how, the, how she's just like grinning, and they're both smiling at each other. I yeah. thought it was a fantastic scene. Uh, uh, they say some really cool <laughs> to each other. One of them is uh, uh, she's still got bits of his DNA, so right. that's how she knows how to yes. do that. Apparently, like genetic memory. And John says it's going to be harder to doubt you. Yeah, they're both like happily laughing at each other. John moves on to the yellow universe where Chiana and uh, Rigel are having a whale of a having time. Having a great time. So them being useless, they're sitting around. For some reason, they're already on Pilot's console, but yeah. they're not doing anything useful there. So uh, Crichton does the uh, does the hand jive. Qu- quickly puts the engines into full forward. Jumps back into the white universe to say that we're, uh, we're all good to go, but it's still not helping. Nope. Uh, they can't seem to move move forward, and they're still under threat from this uh, this claw creature that seems to be coming closer. Ah, uh, which shows up, uh, gets shot at, doesn't leave. Uh, but John works out that the claw marks that it's been leaving are all in a series of prime numbers. Prime numbers, so yes. One claw mark, three claw mark, five, seven, yes. eleven. Yeah, because uh, that's is yeah, that's how you communicate intelligence. I like it that that apparently prime numbers are real. In, yeah. uh, in this universe as well. Although, are prime numbers prime numbers in other base counting systems? Yes, but the, you write them differently. But are they still prime numbers then? I would think so, yes. In that base counting system, right? You know? Yeah, no, but that doesn't make a difference. Doesn't doesn't it? No. It doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't. Numbers no, still you just have fewer diff- numbers. Yeah, you only have a different way. The number doesn't change. You just write it in a different... Uh, you, you just group them differently. You write them in a different... A number suddenly doesn't become divisible by another number just because you write it in a different base system. Right. Doesn't it? No, I wouldn't think so. No, that probably doesn't make sense. Yeah. I just never thought about it before. No. Do you know what? I should just go into the yellow universe and get super duper high and get philosophical with Rigel about this. Hey, do you ever think about if prime numbers, I mean, you've got three fingers. I'm pretty so- sure Rigel has never thought about prime numbers in his life. <laughs> no. But yeah, John walks up to the thing, uh, despite Zahn's... Uh, reservations and just walks into the big glowing hole okay so you're talking about like john having this realization that they're actually being communicated with and like unlocking the whole episode but you're missing the most important part of this scene zan has a new outfit investments her old outfit really yes she's put her vestments back on uh yeah there's a there's a bit of a throwaway line which is such a shame for such an important arc that even though i i i I gave up uh uh, uh, oh i'm just gonna drop in the quote here because i don't remember exactly (laughs) i suddenly realized i'd forsaken the priesthood in practice but not in my soul yes well she doesn't think that her their chances of survival are very high at this point so she turns back to religion a little bit in (laughs) (laughs) you're thinking this is a deathbed conversion yeah pretty much (laughs) well that's also john's motivation when he decides to stick his head through this thing even though pilot's screaming at them to shoot at it because moya's very scared and distressed at the at the worst he says i'll be dead a few minutes before you that's all which is very fatalistic but sticks his head through and then 
we arrive in, I want to say, like a 1992 MTV music video it's, for, like, corn, if they were operating this. Yeah, it's just white space with this big, blobby, tentacly thing floating around, also split out into three colors. Hey, did you guys get video through all that? As is, as is, John, it's all yeah. super weird, and this is a trans-dimensional creature that apparently has been trying to communicate with them. Right, who is actually tasked in repairing uh, rifts in uh, time, uh, time-space continuum, I suppose. In the, in the space between, yes. which uh, it says your mental organ is unable to interpret it. So, okay, if this is a multi-dimensional creature... Uh, yeah. uh, that's five dimensional, six, seven, whatever. Whatever. Uh, and John is in there with uh, with three dimensional, well, counting time, four dimensional eyes and a, and a brain. He's probably seeing the interior of this creature as well as the out exterior at no, the same time, sense. unable yeah. to uh, uh, to process that. Yeah. What a what a cool idea! Uh, and it's it's here when we realize like, it's an incredibly empathetic creature. Because it's it, yeah, it's, it's tasked with really repairing w- these damages yeah, and and destroying all matter for, that comes in from the other universe. But it's never happened with living matter before, yes. and so it's not doing that exactly. It wants to save them. Yes, it wants to help them get out, and it offers exactly the word, uh, the information that they need. Because like, a pilot is trying to push forward, but it says no, you can't push forward. No, you, he's, you, he's trying to. Did we just, try- hey, did we say it? Wrong the first time around. We might have, yes. Okay, so, because originally, uh, please don't add us about this. Add us about the other cool shit with the elf on the shelf and not about the fact that we may have gotten it wrong because I think that it's... Okay. Pilot, pilot's trying to reverse. Pilot was trying to reverse. Yes, that's right. And that's the wrong way to go. And they have to push forward. They have push to forward, push forward. Yes. Wow, it's a very confusing sort of headspace that Only we're in. Only going forward because still can't find reverse. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's from an entirely oh, different Oh, yes. Okay. So I got the order of all of this wrong. That's why I missed out on mentioning a really cool bit. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, throughout all this, apologies to the listeners at home who've been screaming into their headphones this whole time. <laughs> They've been trying to go into reverse. That's the commands that he gave. And that's why Rigel uh, did a fun little rhyme about uh, how uh, oh, yes. the dominar of, uh, of the Hanere Empire does not travel in reverse. Oh, and he does a fun little rhyme, and there's a little dance that go for, goes with it, but he can't do both at the and same time. And John oh. basically tells him, well, just turn around and pretend you're going forward. Oh, there is no expanse of the mind the will cannot traverse, or physically the distance laid across the universe. There's blessings many in the stars, save one lamented curse, that 16th Rigel, glory me, must travel in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> So now he has to go back through and tell everybody, okay, flip it, reverse the last yep. four commands. What we actually do is forward thrust. Uh, and But it all has to be timed the, correctly. Do the same sequence, but like reverse the last four commands. And it, it takes a little bit of convincing to get pilots who get along with this. But yeah, John goes back, runs into the red universe. He's got a mental countdown, 499, 498. Yeah, they were going to 500 microns is what they were going to use. Yep, he teaches, uh, uh, he tells Dargo what to do in the red universe. And Dargo goes, I have no timekeeping no, device. Yeah, just count, like one Mississippi and... Uh, <laughs> and of course, this is where the reference comes from, from the yeah, episodes. Like, um, Dargo's like, one, two, two. Those are damn long microns, by the way, but yes. Hey, we've been through this before. I think a micron is longer than a second because okay, like, fair the, point. it's like a minute is 45 microns. 
Right, something like that. I don't know. Uh, John goes running around uh, and gets cut off several times by bright white light. So apparently he can't go everywhere through the ship anymore. Yeah, it's all collapsing. But he does make make his way back to command, uh, jumps through the hole, and gets back to finding uh, Aaron. Yep, yeah, whom he can't locate, but he's got his headset. But he remember he remembers the headset, puts it back on. Uh, suddenly, crystal clear communication. I'm trying to get out of here. I didn't know if you were coming back. I'd never leave you. The discussion between them is much shorter now when he goes like, yeah, uh, we're just like, we need to go full forward now. Uh, you know how to do that? Yes, of course I do. Good. He asked her for directions and she said, oh, I'll try tier seven uh, in order to get to crew quarters. Uh, they go off to do their own things. Uh, yeah. and, and he says, hey, remember, 150 microts. She says, 130 now. Good luck. And he says, back at you, baby. Okay. Yes. Back at you, baby. Is the uh, first time he calls her baby. Oh, is it now? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Uh, back in the yellow universe, uh, there is a, uh, a big pileup on the pilot console still, after, again, more trying to get there through running into white uh, Yeah, this is where spaces. all the running around is uh, No, there's is still mo- more running around. It's like there was a lot of running around in the beginning as well, but even more running around. So much running around and into uh, into dead ends until he finally arrives here yeah. uh, in the yellow universe, the last universe that where the buttons need to be pushed. And I don't know. I mean, Chana and Rigel have been taking ecstasy or something. Because I know, they're having like- such a good time. <laughs> Actually, okay, so... One of our listeners at home uh, was the one who remarked that this is the first time that John calls Aaron baby. And we're like, yeah. oh, wow, that's such a big deal. Literally 20 seconds later, he calls Chi baby as well. Yes. Hey, why don't you relax? Join in the fun. <laughs> Give me seven seconds, baby. We'll come and go together. Okay, yeah. so it's not such a big deal. All right, we no. can all come down off our high horse. Pushes the button, does the hokey cokey. Uh, Moya moves forward in all four dimensions, and we see that those energy streams are pushing her back together, yeah. squeezing her out into reality. The one point which I really loved about this shot, though, is like Rigel looking exceptionally worried and just like ducking his head and tucking himself up under John's arm, and he's just like, <laughs> yes. he's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. like <laughs> something that, like, yeah, he's like, he just like tucks himself safely up against John's front and like, oh, I'll, I'll be fine here, like I love. That. That's it's, so good. It was adorable. And yes, they uh, end up back all in the same place. There's a big cuddle pile on top of uh, pilots. Yeah, they uh, all flash console. back onto the onto the uh, uh, the console, and they're all there together. They're bursting all into laughing laughter. hilariously. I guess the yellow universe uh, kind of carried over the most. I think at this point they don't even need the yellow the the yellow mellows anymore. They're just so relieved at, at having survived and right. all being together again. Except for pilot who does not understand. No, he seems a bit like why is everybody so like? He's a bit uh, yeah. he's a bit data from uh, the next generation. Yes, he is. To see the source of your amusement. Maybe oh, I wonder not- if in the original like pitch for the script it ended with data going. I do not understand the source of your amusement. Yes, well, it could be. But yeah, pilot seems a bit uh, well, not put out, but uh, at least well, I don't know. Happy? He's not. He doesn't seem particularly happy. He seems to be relieved, if anything. Yeah, I mean, it was it was traumatic. He probably didn't understand all of the uh, all of the events that happened. No, clearly not. Uh, but all's well that ends well. We are back at the dinner table, and everyone is having a good time there. Yes, chatting, they're sharing stories, laughing. Even the complaining about the food is good natured. Mm. I suppose there isn't a thing here that I couldn't live on for a cycle, except except maybe this. Mm. No, uh. no, I was assuming that because of the lack of taste in that, that it was a garnish. <laughs> 
they're they're loving the food. Like, is this the best meal? And and, and Zan goes, well, nothing like the taste of death to cleanse the palate. Right. Yes. And then there's like a little bit of uh, except for this one thing that yeah, the buttermilk biscuits, which is like he, he, he describes exactly it? how they're made, and it's like we have none of those ingredients. And no, like, maybe that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> It means it gets pelted by the uh, they have by a everybody food else. Fight. Yeah. This whole this whole scene. I mean, they've been through they've been through a lot, and we we even actually missed a a, a really important moment earlier on, where where pilot suggested ah, yes. that that in an emergency, like as a, as a last measure, Moya could self terminate yes, her, her baby yes. to provide the the thrust as a and, as a sacrifice. But, e- but even that might not have been enough, uh, and therefore, like John immediately goes like, no, no, no way. Not doing that. Like we're all in this yep. together. You're in this together with us. We are not having any of that. Even Zan, she breaks sort of her normal mode of speaking. She said, "No way!" Like in a really, <laughs> in a really bogan uh, Australian accent. No fucking way. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that. But, uh, <laughs> she's barely put the vestments on before she drops the act again because she's so sincere. And and John says, "You know, we're wherever yeah, whatever happens, we go allow- together." Yeah, we're not allowing that. Separate- yeah, I, we, I guess we didn't really touch very much on the. Uh, the dire straits that everybody's in that like things are shaking apart and uh, yeah the yeah yeah. Uh, they're, yeah they're in mortal uh, mortal danger and so now that they've returned they they you know they realize how much they rely on each other and how much they can depend on each other mm. everyone's helped uh, 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 someone but well, you know Aaron well Aaron Rachel. made the uh, 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 <laughs> Rigel and Chiana had a good time together well, they had a good time but they didn't really no, do you're, anything you're right. they were both kind of useless. He said a fun rhyme, and I, I hope I like to think that he did the little dance off screen. Oh well, knowing Rigel, probably <laughs> he was just bobbing about in his uh, throne chair, and uh, it sort of looks like it's the exact same meal, except now they're enjoying it a lot more. Yes, which well, like nothing like a brush of death to cleanse the palate. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're all telling each other 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 stories. Dargo has some uh, uh, some some ribald tale that he's regaling Crichton with. Like you actually said that to her. Did that work? Of course not. The girl screamed and I was almost arrested. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chiana, she also tells about some some burglary. Hey, should I be saying this to a priest? And Zan says, "My dear, I've kicked more ass than you've you sat have, on. Yeah. <laughs> than you've sat on. Oh, that yes. is such a good line." Oh, David uh, Kemper did a did a fantastic job. Pilot shows up once again. Yes, uh, uh, with a with an update. There has been a change to the status of Moya's pregnancy. Right. Yes, and everybody's like concerned for a moment, and then like everything is going fast. There is no specific timetable to Leviathan pregnancies, but this one it's it's going to be soon. We're going to have a baby. Yes. We're going to have a baby. Which really leaves me wondering, are they just going to have like Moya and little baby Moya floating around alongside her for the rest of the... Or is like, are they going to be stolen by the uh, uh, the peacekeepers when they show up and then it becomes a, like a, a, a plot line to like retrieve Moya's baby? Or mm. she just got... <laughs> Sorry, this is the self-restraint I, I, I groan. Know, I you know. recognize that I'm groan. Do, I am doing this on purpose. I, I am literally throwing my thoughts out here just to uh, see your reaction and if there's going to be any steam coming out of your eyes or not. <laughs> out of my eyes? That's a weird way to do it. I'm not the, I'm not the proprietor from episode yeah. one, Deep Cut. Uh, uh, but yeah, John gives a toast. This is one of the good days. Yes. Uh, that's something that he said to uh, Chiana yes. earlier. Do you want to like, be part of this crew? Yeah. She says, well, on, on your the, good days. And he goes, this is a good day. Yeah. <laughs> This is one of the good days, people, to a healthy, happy baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. And, okay, here's one of my absolute favorite things. I know Kaki likes everything and have lots of favorites, but yeah. uh, this is one that I've, I've, I've remembered, like, 
since since seeing this for the first time. Uh, Crichton raises his uh, his glass, uh, says that this is one of the good days. Nobody really understands what to do. Dargo takes the glass from him and yeah, says, yes. "Thanks." <laughs> And then uh, Zan hands him another glass, yes. And and Shiana hands him her. Like, all of them think that this is apparently like some human, some human ritual that they do. Yes. Uh, uh, Crichton thinks that he learned it from them. This is a Moyan ritual. This I is how suppose. you toast yeah, yeah. now. Yeah, you just pass around the glasses, yes. And none of them taught anyone. None of them invented it. It just happened on its own. And I bet you they're going to keep doing this. Oh, that for sounds the- like fun, yeah. Because this is how culture emerges, right? I suppose, yeah. Right. This is now the new thing. Now this, this is what we do thing, together. Now this is the thing we do. Yes. Oh, uh, I love, love, love this idea. Yeah. So yeah, the this this bizarre. It's a very happy end to an episode, which we don't often see. Right. It's it's really upbeat and relieved, and they're and they're together. It even freeze frames on uh, oh. Zan and and Rigel. I suppose. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Rigel gets a kiss from Zan, much to his chagrin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> so yeah, it's like a, a very happy ending to a no. Well, I wouldn't call it a distressing episode. I mean, for it was the exciting. Was, it, it was, was suspenseful. Yes, and lots of ro- running around Moya. <sighs> yeah, lots of great butt shots of uh, Crichton, but we're getting That's ahead true. of ourselves, right? Yes. So, life on Moya. Oh yes, that's a good segment. Uh, do we have any thoughts about Moya as we're coming uh, doing yes. our own kind uh, of? I mean, life, life on Moya, Moya specifically. Yeah. I have something. I noticed that there was a rather a big change to pilots and its console because oh? there used to be it used to be a huge cavernous room with a few walkways that led towards the console. Yeah, and now it just seemed to be something that was tucked away inside another room with people coming in through the doors and a big floor space in front of the console. Oh, it definitely changed. Oh, well, let's look at it because I think it's it's got walkways coming toward it, but it also has like a a walkway around it. So there is right. there is some space there. But it, it it seemed like they didn't shoot it like that, or they didn't use the matte painting that they used for the big cavernous yeah, room. Yeah, I with think the, that's yeah, that's kind of uh, uh, that's it, kind of it kind of just looked like just another room now, rather than the big open space which it's been made out to be in the past. Right. The walkways don't look so big. Also, there's no real risk of falling over. And Crichton right. chose to puke on the walkway and not just over the edge, exactly. which he would have yeah. been standing right next to. Exactly. <laughs> which would have been much more convenient. Yes. Also more hygienic, I suppose, or at least, well, <laughs> it's definitely harder to clean up, but, you know, not your problem anymore when it's down there. I wonder what kind of a, a space it's like to hang out in. I mean, we were talking about, like, Moya reconfiguring herself, so maybe that's, like, oh, occurred. Oh, yeah. But, yeah maybe she's having contractions? <laughs> yes, yeah, right. or, was, or expansions. That was nothing. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's not really a, a chill hangout space. I mean, if we no. were living on, on Moya, you'd want to hang out with Pilot every now and again, so maybe put a couple of couches in there. Something like that, yeah. I mean, maybe Then again, maybe Pilot doesn't even like that. But Not for him, but for, for someone to come and uh, uh, chill and, and, and hang out with right, him. Right, but maybe he doesn't like being hung out with. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, maybe he's more comfortable on the clamshell. Right, yeah. I That's don't know. Fine. It seems he seems like that. He doesn't seem to be particularly enamored by people visiting him. I mean, especially not when they come to rip his arms off, but, you know. Well, no, they do tend to get in the yeah. way. I, I, I do like that, uh, oh, what was it, the original character description for, or the, the personality description was like a, a put-upon accountant. Yeah, I can see where that uh, comes from. Although that doesn't really mesh with his uh, supposedly happy to serve. Well, actually, I mean, I guess accountants can do that as well. Let's start with our, our willies and woodies. All right. She gives me a woody. She gives you the willies. Well, I think my woody was definitely the whole scene when Erin was uh, showcasing her knowledge of uh, piloting the ship. 
Rotate blue crystal, trim yellow disc, extinguish orange light, open copper rods, black. Panel depressed halfway, dial tri-connector open, hot progression, purple, green, orange, gold, lights, green knob. Maximum thrust. Yeah. I, 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 th- I thought that was an amazing scene. Like when she, she is was like, so cool and competent. Yeah, that was that was a really fun scene. I really enjoyed that very much. Uh, willies? I don't think I really had any willies. There wasn't any particularly thing scary. Right. Or, or disturbing, like no disturbing behavior from anybody that I would consider to have been uh, a willy-worthy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think my willy has to go to uh, uh, Rigel's bad non-jokes. And then the Trollian priest turns to the Calanese cleric and says, doesn't bother me, you should have seen her mother! <laughs> oh. Because really, it's so... Uh, I know, everyone has their own experience, but when somebody's super high and having a great time, yes, of course, I'm very happy that you're having a great time, but you're talking a lot of bollocks, and I'm, I, I yeah, only and have I'm just so going to, like, much. go away and, like, leave you to your thing and, like, have fun with your bad jokes. Uh, my Woody goes to the food. God, ah, the food. the food is gorgeous, yes. So, you know, if, if, if we have conventions again and for some reason we have a fa- another Farscape convention, please let there be oh. uh, a giant spread of food like this. I want to try those multicolored uh, uh, tea eggs. I want to try the, the pandan goo, the blue roe, whatever that is. Yes, that looked weird. That Erin dips her finger into, yeah. which is yeah, not the most hygienic way yeah, to eat well, roe. But, you know, double dipping. Skinny dipping. And otherwise, maybe the charades. Shrouds. Oh, that was yeah, that was really good at it. That was a fun scene too. Yes. All right. Naming of the episode. All right. So I've got a few candidates. I mean, oh, you've got candidates, right? Yes. Running around Moya. Running around Moya. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, RGB Universe could also be a good one. Ooh, that's a good one. Or Dark Side of the Moya, maybe. (gasps) That is it. Yes. Literally, uh, Greg is probably doing a little dance right now. Uh. (laughs) Uh, uh, One of our our, our cosplaying friend who, uh, uh, yeah, who suggested Dark Side of the Moon. Imagine that, but as an episode of of Farscape. Well done. (laughs) Great minds think alike. Fantastic. So that's an easy one in the bag. Well, it's uh, uh, it's fun to have such a happy ending because this is such such a seminal episode where this family, yeah, no, it, they don't even deserve that word yet. I think they still have a, mm. have a have a journey to go there, but they realize that they they love each other, right? And it's not it's not the deep profound love of of siblings, but they have space in their in their hearts for each other. Uh, hearts plural in the case of uh, of Dargo. My hearts are private places. Stay out of them. Even Chiana, even Chiana feels like uh, uh, she can kind of belong there. True, yeah, especially towards the end. She seems to have, she's had a bonding experience with the yeah. crew now, and uh, it, makes, uh, she, it makes her more a part of the crew. And they're going to come down from that, of course. Everybody does. You always come down from your high, but hey, this is one of the good days. Uh-huh. Well, it was definitely a good episode. I really enjoyed it. And that's the story so far, Skate. We'll see you next week with episode number 118, when special forces with black ghost allure make Moya go viral. A host-hopping bug throws a wrench in Moya's first cosplay convention. Red leather, black leather, I can handle big. Episode 118. A bug's life. Uh, That's the one. Uh, you can find us at SoFarscape on Twitter and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. And on SoFarscape.com, I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so Farscape, Farscape, so, so good. good. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs>
I fail to see the source of your amusement. <laughs> <laughs> 